Macworld Podcast number 68 for January 15th, 2007. Sponsored by MYOB Small Business Management Software. MYOB helps you mind your own business smarter. This is Jason Snow. I'm the editorial director of Macworld, sitting in for Christopher Breen today. It's Monday, and it's the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday here in California. And uh, as a result, it actually is a company holiday for us here at Macworld today. But there are about 10 of us in the Macworld offices today dealing with the aftermath from Macworld Expo last week. And so while we're here, we're also posting the first in a series of podcasts, picking up from what we did last week. Uh, we recorded every session in the Macworld booth, and we had a lot of them. And over the coming weeks, we're going to be rolling those out to you as special audio podcasts uh, so that you can get more of a flavor of what we talked about at Macworld Expo. There's some really good stuff in there, and I think you're going to like it. Today is Daring Fireball Live. John Gruber is the publisher of DaringFireball.net. Daring Fireball is a Mac blog. It's very opinionated, it's very entertaining, and it's also very well written. John Gruber came on stage at the Macworld booth on my invitation, I have to say, this week, and I appreciate him coming. Um, and his guest was Cable Sasser from Panic, uh, makers of many interesting Mac applications. They're going to get into it here, and they're going to talk for quite a bit. I hope you can sit back and enjoy the chat between two very bright, articulate, interesting Mac guys. And then at the end, come on back, and I'll tell you what else we've got in store. Hi, my, uh, my name is John Gruber. I write a website called Daring Fireball. Uh, to my right is uh, my good friend Cable Sasser, uh, who I've met like once before. Uh, but I just know we'd be good friends if, you know, it's I feel true. like we'd hang out. Yeah. Uh, of Panic Software. Hello. Uh, actually, Pan- Panic Incorporated. It's sure. not Panic Software. One of the few independent developers without the word software. And you notice Apple dropped the computer. Totally biting on us. Right. They totally copied yeah, Panic. I, we were thinking now that Apple Computer Inc. is free that we should change our name to Apple Computer Inc. <laughs> <laughs> and we've always had this dream of making like a like a calculator called Microsoft Internet Explorer <laughs> for no reason. So we really want Apple Computer Inc. presents Microsoft Internet Explorer and then see who sends us a letter first. <laughs> I think that would be an interesting race. Yeah. Anyway. So... One reason I wanted you up on stage is is you've sort of you don't just write you don't just help produce Mac software but you uh, you you think about and and on your weblog now you write about you user interface design yeah uh, and you also you know you and and your partner Stephen Frank are sort of obsessive compulsive about collecting handheld gadgets uh, yeah so I'm just you know have you seen any news today that is of interest here. I, I haven't really been paying attention. Did something, did something happen? I, yeah. Yeah, The Steve, who sadly couldn't make it here today, but he's standing right over there. Um, he's the other co-founder of Panic, and he's definitely sort of the, the super phone gadget thing. And he's got his Newton, which is important to point out. Yeah, which I think is worth uh, worth, worth applause. Um I've been, you know, he always gets the, the new phones, and I'm always, you know, I don't know why you're buying these phones. They're terrible. The the web browsing doesn't work at all. I, I pretty much skipped all of that stuff. Maybe I bought a couple phones. I've been waiting for the iPhone. I mean, this is the thing. I keep saying, somebody should make something like this, and it should have stuff on it, and it should do the web, and, you know, and they did it. They're, I mean, from what it looks like, it's actually done. So it's an exciting day, I think. Yeah, I mean, I you know, my predictions that I published, I really thought, you know, all right, there's so much buzz about a phone, 
and there doesn't seem to be any effort to put any kind of like, whoa, 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 slow down, everybody. We don't want our stock price to dive when we don't even mention a phone. Just seemed like, okay, okay, there's going to be a phone. But yeah. I really thought it would be more the iPod that makes phone calls. And then I thought, you know, I wrote, but wouldn't it be totally cool, even though it's completely unlikely, if it was an entirely new mobile OS platform? Yeah. And goddamn, that's it. And, and it happened. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, one of the things I noticed is that they're calling the OS on the cell phone OS X. Mm. Steve said it. The printed material says it. You you say you looked at Apple.com, and it, it actually yeah. says that on the tech specs page. Yeah, they dropped the Mac for right. some reason. Yeah. And they've always sort of been kind of scrupulous about that, mm. where users, I think it kind of shoots over your head because a lot of people call it OS X, you know, that's just sort of the colloquial name, but now that seems like that's what they're calling the OS on their phone, and it's sort of interesting. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means, unless it means that, I mean, clearly it's not going to be full Mac OS X, right? So right. are they trying to differentiate between full Mac OS X and, you know, like Windows CE, but dropping the Mac seems like an awkward way to do that. Right, like, because it is less than OS X, Mac right. OS X. There's right. Mac OS X, and then there's the three-character OS X. My thought, and I, I, I'm not going to say who, who gave me this thought, I'll just take credit for it, uh, is that it's so it doesn't scare Windows users from buying the phone, that if it says it runs a uh, version of Mac OS X, yeah. that Windows users might say, oh, I'm using Windows, I can't use it. <laughs> I think that's probably right. it, yeah. And a side thought about the iPhone, the, the biggest question I have at the show here after looking at it and trying to get information on it is the whole third-party developer thing. Right. And, of course, we're curious about that. Right. I mean, can we write apps for this phone? Because that would be awesome. Right. So, like, in other words, if you could, if the true, you know, and they're, and they're, they're, the answer so far, as far as I can tell, is we're not saying. Yeah. Nobody will say anything. We heard talk to your developer. Right. Contact, and they will have Do you guys no have idea. a developer contact? I'm not really sure. I don't think we do. I, I, there's a couple of guys we know there. There's not, like, the guy who's our contact. I mean, we could talk to somebody. Right. But they won't have an answer for us. Right. I, I, I hope that if it doesn't happen now, maybe it'll happen in the future. But this but is a platform we would like to yeah, write Yeah, you would for. be interested in writing software. Oh, yeah. yeah. With the, the UI, touchscreen yeah. UI, gesture base, that would be amazing. Yeah. So I'll cross my fingers. What, what do you think about the price? Interesting question. <laughs> if, I, I think if you look at what it does and you look at the capabilities and you look at all the stuff that they built into it, I actually think it's a pretty good price. And if you think about it, the first iPod was really expensive. Anyone who reads Slashdot knows that the first iPod didn't go over too well. Um, just seemed too expensive to people. But then eventually the price went down. Newer versions, you know, maybe there'll be an iPhone Nano at some point. It seems in the realm of possibility. So it's going to start high, and it's for dudes like me and Steve, right. you know. And that's fine. It's got to start somewhere. I, My thought during the keynote was... The way when he started talking about price, I mean, how many people here saw the keynote? Okay, that's a pretty good number. Yeah. Uh, when he Steve started, Steve Jobs started talking about the price, and he was saying, "Look, people are paying two hundred bucks for an iPod, and they're paying uh, three hundred bucks for a smartphone. That mm -hmm. adds up to five hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody around me, I could hear them going three ninety nine, three ninety nine, and then someone's like two ninety nine. Yeah." Two ninety nine, like that's how he's doing. It. And I was like, no, this seems to me like he's trying to sell me on five hundred dollars yeah. that this is a right amount to pay. And yeah. then he goes four ninety nine, and then there's really, I think that was clearly the one and only low point of the keynote. Right. 
Other other than singular CEO, whatever his name is, getting up there. And, <laughs> yeah, you know. that guy was dynamic. But there's a the thing about. I mean, you've talked about this on your blog and the pricing thing, and you know, you can. It's you know, no matter how. And we found this with software that no matter what we price our software at, there's going to be that guy that's like, I would buy it if it was five dollars lower. And right. then if we lower it five dollars, there's another guy that's like, I would buy it if it was five dollars lower. It never really ends. You have to take your best stab, and and sort of an unofficial panic rule of pricing is that you know you can always you can lower the price later that's that's okay but you i mean if you raise the price right. lower that's a lot more difficult right so. I, and i think that's a very good point that it really is it's always easy to lower the price because yeah. nobody other than maybe your accountant is disappointed by a price <laughs> yeah. lowering and whereas customer wise nobody's ever well don't lower the price right but no you can't raise it. Right. but the 299 thing was funny because we were at the apple store when you know just hanging out while they were talking about this and a guy was you know <laughs> refreshing mac rumors over and over again next to us and i don't know if he misread the page but he also saw 299 and he he literally went like this 299 <laughs> and i jumped about 500 feet in the air and then another guy down the store is like Five ninety nine, and his face just drops. Well, and it, here's what I was thinking about it too: is that it's not that long ago that Apple was selling iPods for four hundred ninety nine dollars. Now there was yeah. only it was like the I think it was the original sixty gigabyte model, maybe it was the original eighty gigabyte. But at one point, when they went to higher capacity hard drives, the mm-hmm. high end iPod was four hundred ninety nine dollars. Totally. You know, and it probably wasn't the best selling one, the three ninety nine one or whatever it was. But people were buying four hundred ninety nine dollar iPods. Not that long ago. No, it's years just ago. an iPod. Right. Yeah. I mean, and it really is yeah. something that totally blows away just an iPod. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it'll do all right. And like I said, I mean, over time, different models will come out, different prices will come out. But I'm sure, I mean, how many of you guys are planning to get an iPhone, just out of curiosity? I mean, okay, I'm yeah. going to say it worked out. Okay. They should raise the price. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the truth. Right? $9.99! Right. Yeah. <laughs> I won't I, do that again. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... <laughs> yeah. I, I think I would love to start collecting quotes. Actually, I probably will do this. I'm going to try to look around and try to find like URLs to people with weblogs saying that they're not going to buy one because $499 is too expensive. And then in June, find them saying, ah, my, my iPhone is so damn cool. I love it. And then it's like, oh, yeah, I knew you bought yeah. one. Yeah. This is a great idea for a website, actually. Right. Just take people's calls and bring them up later. Right. Yeah. right. I've always thought of that. I don't know that anyone will appreciate this website, but you could try it. So so my my favorite anecdote from, from the actual keynote, I, I just have to share, I was telling you this beforehand, yeah. but um, the I got, a, I got a pretty decent seat fairly close on the side near an aisle uh, in the press area. And they were doing one of the demos where Phil Schiller calls Steve Jobs, uh, you know, on, on I guess... Uh, Presumably, Schiller has his own iPhone, but it's clearly the audio is being piped through Jobs' phone up on stage. And the audio quality is just absolutely amazing. And I, I, I mean, it was so amazing that I thought they're faking this. You know, like, oh, my God, is this whole thing a sham? Are they faking? Is this whole thing fake? Like, they're not even done with this thing yet because this sound, Schiller sounds better than Jobs does. And Schiller is supposedly going through a cell network. And then I look, and there's Schiller right in the aisle making the phone call. <laughs> He's got a seat in the front row, but to make those calls, he'd quick duck in the aisle and duck, about, you know, run about a third of the way back right next to where I was sitting. And and I was actually hearing Phil Schiller's voice. I was like, oh, well, I guess the audio isn't that great then. Maybe you can get him to, you know, come over to your house or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> Special feature of the iPhone. So I, I uh, did you... Did you catch the stylus crack 
I didn't. Did he? No. He wasn't. I'm guessing Steve Jobs is not a fan of the stylus. Right. It was yeah. sort of. He, he sort of suckered everybody into this. Uh, how many people here who are at the keynote got suckered in by the stylus crack? Come on, admit it. <laughs> admit it. So he says. So we, you know, we know this way to make an interface. You know, the problem with all these cell phones is that when you make all the buttons hardware, then you can't do apps that have different sizes and spa- shapes and positions of buttons mm-hmm. because it's all set. You want to do them in pixels so you can write it in software, and so every app gets the buttons it needs. Uh, and he said, so how do you manage this? What's the input device? Well, 1984, we invented the mouse. Of course, they didn't invent the mouse, but they invented the mouse. What do you do with a touchscreen? Well, you use a stylus, and it says stylus. And everybody's like, oh, stylus, stylus. And he goes, no. Who wants to use a stylus? <laughs> Did he snap one in half? Yeah, I expected him to like bring one <laughs> yeah. up and like you know <laughs> smash it in half. Just a box of stuff. But what do you think about the? Because uh, it, it, it's not just a touch screen. It's right. touch plus gestures. Yeah, and that's kind of crazy to wrap my head around. I mean, this is something that we've never dealt with or faced or ever had to think about. You know, an, an interface that is not just a click or a click and hold or a drag, right. you know? And, not, I mean, if you think about it, it's like two simultaneous mice in a way, you know? You've got two mouse pointers, which is crazy. Um, it would be, I mean, Steve and I were talking about this. It would be great if this, now that they've got this patent and they've got this technology, it would be amazing. I mean, I could see this maybe going towards the PowerBook line. Like, it would be interesting if you had a PowerBook or something with a some kind of screen. And I mean, I guess that'd be a little hard with a large screen. If you had huge hands, it would be the most amazing thing. But it seems like technology that, again, coming back to, like, you know, focusing on GUI and interface design, we're just watching these movies over and over again, right. the stuff they're doing. And they're very exciting to see. And, you know, they've obviously been pushing the animation and the fluidity, and they've, you know, they're saying with Leopard, do more flashy stuff and use core animation. And certainly they're practicing what they're preaching on this. And right. I, I'm personally not the most mentally, visually imaginative person. I, I don't really, you know, I, I have to see stuff, really hmm. see it to really imagine stuff. But I started thinking about the pinch for zooming on maps and on photos. And I started, I was like, wow, that, that really seems natural. Hmm. I never, never heard of that gesture before. I don't, I don't think I would have thought of that either. No. Yeah. So that, that's pretty awesome. And it does seem, it seems like they're doing very interesting and different things with the concept of double tapping. Mm. Uh, like double click has pretty much meant open since the get-go. I mean, yeah. if you double click something, it means open. You know, and, and everybody's probably got a either a mom or a dad. I was just going to say, who, no, you don't need to double click that right. one. Yeah. You don't need you to double click. No, ah, forget it. You yeah. don't need to double click yeah. URLs. Just painful. You know, yeah. Right. But now it's like double click is zoom. Double click yeah. seems to be like yeah. it's more. It seems to be more. At least on the iPhone, it seems to mean like a universal. Do the right thing right on this spot. You know, that's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. Like on web page, you know, you have the whole New York Times on a tiny little thumbnail. You double click. It mm-hmm. means zoom in on this spot. I'm interested in that. It makes sense. I mean, if you know, designing the UI for that device, I'm sure the process was literally, let's try something and let's use it. You know? right. And as you start to use it, I'm sure the right way presented itself. But, you know, thinking about this thing, and it's just kind of classic Apple because companies have been making smartphones for a very long time now. And nobody has anything even remotely 
close to this. And that kind of thing always surprises me because these are companies with a lot of money and a lot of resources. And it's just so weird that there's there's nobody at those companies to be like, you know, why don't we try something totally different? Or why don't we get more creative with this? I mean, I, I'm glad that Apple does that. But it's just interesting that it's only Apple. Yeah, I mean, and, and of course, stuff like the ones that, that they chose to compare it against, they sort of cherry pick to, to make the comparison they want to. Yeah. But it is sort of interesting that when you put them up there, and there's the one from Singular, and there's a, I think they had a Blackberry, and mm-hmm. you know whatever else they had up there, they really are so homogenous, even though they're from these com- companies that are competing with each other, like Cutthroat. Yeah, and it's like the exact same thing, like some kind of tiny little QWERTY keypad with. Different colors for something for the numbers, mm. and you know, pretty much the same size. Well, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah, I'll buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think with the touchscreen? I mean, one thing that's always been—I mean, there's been this rumor because the patent was filed and is in the public domain for the the, the idea of the touchscreen mm. and, a, and a roughly iPod-sized device that plays video and has controls on screen that you touch. I mean, that, that patent is out in the open. Everybody's yeah. seen it, and it's been fueling rumors for a couple of years now. Um, but the big knock against it, the way to shoot that rumor down is, I, have to, I haven't checked my archives, so I don't know if I've actually used it, but I've thought of it, is, well, who would want to smudge their screen up like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I was thinking about that, too, as a guy who cleans his screens a lot. Right, you yeah. Know. And iPods are notoriously scratch-prone and smudge-prone, you know. Like, have they figured out some sort of polymer layer that... I don't know, but there have, been, doubt it, there but. have been times in the past years with my power books where I've gone, you know, months after buying it where the screen has never been touched, and then some jerk comes up and puts a <laughs> finger on it, and I, the first thought that comes to mind is, I should kill you. And then the second thought is, I should buy a new power book. Because yeah. now my power book yeah. screen has been touched. You know, and it's like, so here's this device where yeah. it's like, I kind of, you know. That's a little worrisome. And do you ever get the guys that gesture with pins at your screen, too? Oh. I think that's maybe the worst thing in the world. And it's not capped, and you know they're probably not going to pierce it, but it's like, I can't hear anything you're telling me right now. Right. Because I, that thing's going to go right, yeah, anyway. Or a pen. Right. Or you said yeah, pen That's or, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. I guess just everybody's iPhones will look like. Well, I'm, I'm worried that it's going to generate like a, a, you know, like a, a generation of obsessive compulsives. You know that it's going to be. It's like a, a people with Purell and. <laughs> Wait, I got I got a phone call. Hold on. I think we need to get into the screen cleaning business. I know. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. There could be big money there. Yeah. Uh, so the other, the only other real product announced today is uh, Apple TV. Right. Uh, what do you What do you think? Well, so I bought one of those high definition TiVos, right? Which are way too expensive. And How much have, are they? They're like seven hundred dollars. Okay. Uh, they shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> you know? And they they you have to pay the monthly fee. But you know, I am getting free high definition shows taped onto my box all the time. It's very appealing to me. So the, the way the ITV would be cool for me is obviously streaming. You know, uh, other. You know, I have content already, so it's hard for me to justify buying TV shows right off the iTunes Movie Store. So I, yeah, I I don't know that it necessarily fits into my life per se. Yeah, I mean that's a, I, amazingly similar to to my. Scenario synopsis is that it's interesting if you want to or have already been buying video from the iTunes store. Yeah. And if you're not buying video from the iTunes store, whether it's TV shows or whether it's their feature films, 
I, I really don't see where I'd ever use it. I so mean, we, we should do an iPhone comparison. How yeah. many of you actually have any intention to buy an iTV or <laughs> Apple TV? Right. Okay. Yeah, far, far, far fewer than the iPhone. I mean, I, I, I honestly sort of wonder whether it's hmm. this is a problem. Or whether there's some missing link still, even though they're shipping it. I don't yeah, know. that's interesting. I mean, obviously, your other target market right are going to be people who pirate movies and TV right, shows. Right, right. And then the question there is, will it play the formats of my pirated TVs or movies? Right. I mean, I wonder so. if that's the secret. You know, if mm. that's it. You know, if it's like, if it's a, you know, sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge <laughs> about like, we know you've got all these movies on your computer, and yeah. you'd rather be watching them on your TV. And somebody else will write the thing that puts it in a format that iTunes will pretend is, you know, totally legit movie, and, and there it is. Yeah, I want, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm, if that works, that's the first thing you'll hear about it, and right. the sales might skyrocket at that because, point. Because, you so. know, I, I have a TiVo, too. I have an old TiVo. I don't, I don't have high-definition TV, so I don't need a high-definition TiVo. But, I mean, it just I'm not going to get rid of my cable TV. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm already paying way too much money to Comcast yeah. for cable TV, and I've got all these shows that are already coming in, and with my TiVo, I can already watch them whenever I want. Yeah. So I just can't see, you well, know. And here's an interesting side note. You said you don't have an HDTV. Uh, Will, who's kind of interested in the ITV, was checking out the tech specs, and it seems like it requires a widescreen 480p minimum TV, which I had, I was quite surprised to see. So I don't know that it even works on a non-base-level, high-definition screen that's hmm. not widescreen. So you know, and that does sort of, the, you know, and that does sort of jibe with what Job said on right. stage in terms of, you know, and you'll plug it into your, yeah, and it only yeah. has component out and HDMI. Exactly. Yeah, so I think it's pretty much high def only. Oh, so. the decisions made for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we can help you out with that. I need a new TV. <laughs> nice. Um, so, uh, what do you? How do you? How do you think the Zoom's gonna <laughs> respond to all this? Uh, I know, I know, you picked one up, right? You got the brown one. I heard. Yeah, yeah, I you, do. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. have several of them. <laughs> uh, how many people here plan to buy Zoom? Yeah. All right. Oh, come, come on. on. Uh, 3.99. Boy, it really puts to rest the whole, you know, uh, Zune. Well, at least the Zune has a bigger screen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're really sort of left holding the bag right now, right? But can you squirt on the iPhone? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. I never said that. Hmm, You know, it's funny because it's actually the first I even thought about the fact that it is Wi-Fi, you know, and theoretically, therefore, there could be some sort of... capable. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I don't know. I I think it might just be, you know, send an email. It's probably the answer. Yeah. You know, which is a solved problem. Sure. Uh... But it's weird. You know, I sort of thought we'd get up here, you know, and, and have all sorts of other Mac news to talk Me about. Me too. And, and that's a surprising thing. I thought for sure we'd be talking about, you know, Leopard or a new UI in Leopard, which right. is sort of my dream thing that should occur. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a, it's an interesting keynote. I mean, it's a huge keynote. It's a right. monumental keynote. But the Mac stuff is kind of conspicuously absent. So hopefully we'll hear about that in the coming weeks. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know yeah. if they're saving it. For a special event, I mean, there's no no update, no no updated status date on on yeah. 10.5. I mean, yeah, nothing. I there's mean, the secret uh, airport update. Did you see that? That the yeah yeah, yeah but that's it. Yeah. yeah, And it's like you know, doesn't even warrant a mention in the keynote. Yeah, <laughs> I feel bad for that team. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, not everybody can be. Yeah. Right. So let's talk a little bit about panic. Sure. Uh, 
You started Panic with Stephen when? 97? So this is a 10-year okay. anniversary of Panic, believe it or not. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because anytime we talk to somebody and we're like, you know, what what does your company do? And, oh, we make software on the Internet. They're always, oh, you survived the dot-com years? <laughs> That's the first response. And, yeah, we did, but we weren't jackasses, right. so it worked out. But there had to be a point. Jet there did have to be a point, though. If you started a company in 97 yeah. and you're, you know, young and you're, you know, you're a very good designer and, and Steven's a very good programmer. Sure. And, you know, you start a company in 97 and you're selling an FTP app for, like, it was probably, like, 19 bucks then or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Dollars. Maybe 24. And then, you know, 98, 99, and you know people who are the exact same age as you, who are far lesser designers than you and far lesser programmers than Steven, are like riding around in like Bentleys. <laughs> Bentleys? <know>. Who drives <laughs> a Bentley? Whatever, you know. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. And they're like, I don't yeah. know, was, will, I, will I sit in this Aeron chair today or that Aeron <laughs> chair today? Did, was there ever a point where you thought oh, yeah, maybe yeah. we should have been a web company? I mean, <laughs> you know, we were always very, very happy with the work that we were doing. And it was always like, those guys had the air on shares. Or, I mean, I worked at a web agency. When I first moved back to Portland and we decided to start Panic, I knew that we couldn't do it. We didn't have enough money to start a company. So we knew that we had to work our day jobs. We had to just slog through it. And, you know, we'd work at our day jobs during the day and then we'd come home and we'd work at Panic. Uh, until the end of the day. And it was convenient because neither of us had girlfriends or, you know, and we had lots of free time. And, uh, you know, so we just, we, we just kept working. So, you know, I worked at a web agency for a while and it was, it was, it was fun, but, it, you know, I don't know. <laughs> when I would come home and work on the Mac software, it, there was no question that this is what I needed to be doing and this is what I wanted to be doing. It just, it made total sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get all, you know, highfalutin here. I mean, you guys are, you're a business and you're in it, you know, as a real business to make money, but sure. there is one of the things that separates the Mac and has always separated the Mac is that yeah. there's sort of an aspect of it as software is art. Mm. And like any art, you know, True artists are drawn to it. They can't. They, they they feel like they can't do anything else. And I know a lot of people who've become career Mac developers. And it's not like they said, "I want to be a programmer." Yeah. And then they thought, "Now where should I go to make the best money? Where's the best programming jobs? It's writing Mac software." What it is is they people who said, "I have to be a Mac programmer." Yeah, and and there was no question. I mean, we came from the Amiga, if any of you remember the Amiga, which was a, you know, very off-market computer, but had this total indie kind of user base. And, you know, when the Amiga died, there was, you know, no doubt where we were going to go, right? You, you and Stephen both? Yeah. Did you guys ever write software for Amiga? Uh, uh, when we were in high school, <laughs> for fun, yeah, which is depressing to talk about. But, yeah, we would just sort of screw around and write apps and stuff, nothing that really was ever published. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so just, you know, I went to college for a while and then came back and, hey, we should do a Mac software company. And the real breakthrough for that was definitely the Internet, you know. I mean, the concept of starting a company seemed incredibly impossible until the Internet came along. It's like, you know, you can be two guys and look like a real thing and not be 50 guys and people will, you know, somewhat trust you. And it seemed like, you know, every all the stars aligned and so it worked out. But, yeah, the Mac was... Definitely. I mean, there's no question. We have to make Mac software. And then, you know, the convenient thing was 
sort of the, the split of personality with Steve and I. You know, I'm the more sort of design focused, and he's engineering focused. But he's also, you know, a great artist, you know, right. a fine artist. And then I also can, you know, program a little bit of PHP and stuff. So there's right. crossover there. But we each had our focus. And I think that as a Mac software company, like that's the key. You have to have that balance. I talked about it a million times, and by now we know it. I mean, you see lots of little companies popping up now, and they're they're getting it, you know. And and sometimes it might sway too far in the design direction, right. and sometimes it might sway too far in the engineering direction. But the idea is there, and it's it's great to see that happening. Now. Uh, one of the things that that I always thought about. Well, originally, your first app was Transit. Right, Transit. Transit. Yeah. I remember that. And, <laughs> and, awesome. and it was an FTP app. Yeah. And it was entering what was already an established market. Yeah, I mean, it that's was true. A- a- Interarchy is what it's called now. Then it was called Anar- a- Anarchy, and, and right. it was uh, Fetch, Fetch, and there were a couple of other ones. Yeah. Um, and so that sort of, you know, at the time especially, was sort of a rare thing for someone to co- enter in. You know, typically the... I want to become a professional indie Mac software developer. It's let me think of something that no one else has done right. and then do it. And what you you know to me the vibe I got when I first saw Transit was, you know, we're going to do an FTP app, but we're going to do it more like this is how Apple would do it if right. Apple were to do it. And that was exactly the idea. I mean, OS eight right had just kind of come out and. Uh, they had introduced some, you know, new list headers and different little UI bits. And none of the other FTP clients, I mean, they were, some of the FTP clients were still designed for black and white computers, you know. So it seemed like an opportunity. It's like, here's a program that we use all the time and uh, should fit better in the system. And to a degree, that's kind of what we're still doing, you know. It's like, where is... It's really hard to come up with that idea that nobody has done before. Like, I spend a lot of time thinking about it, and it's surprisingly, or not so surprisingly, challenging. But there's a lot of places where there's stuff that people need to do a lot and are making do with, you know, less than stellar tools. And it seems like that's where the most opportunity lies, is that, you know, take something, but add as much interestingness that you can to it and, you know, really polish the design, and that's kind of what we've done. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I love this phrase from, Walt Disney used it, and and it was, I I watched this thing on TV about when they first created Disneyland, and, you know, Walt himself, they they do like a revision, it was sort of like software, I mean, you know, and and they do a revision of the rides, Mm. and then Walt would ride it and come out, and, you know, it seems... You know, there's some weird similarities between Walt Disney and Steve Jobs, and, and, and you know, these Imagineers who were there who were working on it, and they'd say, you know, for months he'd come out and just trash it, you know, and, and just say, you know, this is you know, this is all wrong. You weren't listening to me, blah blah blah. And then, you know, and he's you know, and they'd say, you know, and he was usually right, you know, it was very good. But sometimes it was very difficult because something you'd pour yourself into, and he'd yeah. just say, this is all wrong. And then he'd come off it, and then he'd say, you've got it. This is it. Now we need to plus it. And that was his verb. And they said, you know, and, and it always stuck with him that he called it plussing it. That he'd get it to a point where it was good, and he'd say, now is when we plus it. Yeah. And that's when we make it something that is, that only Disney does. Only Disney does things that are plussed. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that's the sort of extra touch on, like, user interface stuff that, that Panic Software yeah. exhibits, you know, that makes it feel like this is how Apple would do it, even though Apple wouldn't do this. Uh, hopefully. Right. Well, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. That's a good point. So when you guys are deciding what to do, how yeah. much of it, I mean, there's always a lot of, you know, that's a big deal in the independent software development yeah. community. 
that's one of the hardest things that we struggle. I mean, there's definitely been times when we had an idea that we're really excited about, and then, you know, if we sit down and logically think about what Apple's doing and where they're headed, we kind of have to just throw in the towel. You know, we shouldn't do this. They're probably going to go there, you know? I mean... It's kind of the same thing with backup software. We it see at one point we thought there was an opportunity for a really good piece of backup software, and then you know uh, all of a sudden Time Machine shows up. Uh, I don't know that I would have done a travel through space <laughs> interface, but it's kind of interesting, you know. And uh, I don't know. So that's it's stressful. Um, like you know, back in the whole audio on Sound Jam iTunes days. I mean, what I sort of took away from that whole experience, which was if any of you guys don't know that story that we developed an mp3 player called audion and then uh apple at one point approached us to basically uh want to turn it into itunes but we were involved in this thing with aol who also wanted it to be something that they owned and it was complicated and we had literally no idea what we were doing and uh, uh as a result apple ended up uh, acquiring sound jam and turning that into itunes so it was kind of an intense story but the thing i took away from that definitely and itunes basically killing the product Product Audion is that we just have to be pretty nimble, you right? Know? Uh, and you know we're we're actually so we're nine people now, which feels huge for a Mac software yeah. company, right? But it's pretty small in the world of business, and really smart guys, everybody. And and I feel that you know we try to put ourselves, never paint ourselves into a corner. It's like. Okay, so, you know, we're in development on a new application now, and uh, even if Apple were to come up with something similar, I, it's not like we've literally, you know, put all of our money on this thing, and if this thing doesn't work out, we're hosed, and it's been fun, everybody, we'll see you later. I mean, we always have that flexibility, and if we don't feel like we have that safety and flexibility, we're not going to do it, you know? Right, it's I, sort of like a dinosaurs, mammals thing, where the big <laughs> companies, and, and Apple is like the Tyrannosaurus Rex of... of of Mac community for yeah. sure, you know the strength of the mammals isn't fighting them; it's mm. being able to be nimble, sure. to adjust, to run, to yeah. scatter. You know, yeah. oh my God, they're here! You know, yeah, that's I basically mean, true. Guys, yeah, I mean, how many people here are familiar with Audion? You got how many people remember wow. Audion? All right, this Holy is great. Crap. So <laughs> that it saves us a lot of time. Yeah, but that's I mean, awesome. it's a really interesting thing. And one of the things that I think is, I mean, probably very difficult to appreciate is how hard it was to write an MPEG-3 oh, playing yeah. app on Mac OS 9. The reason that Apple only had to choose between two is that it was really, really hard. Yeah, this is not a multitasking operating system. Right, it was system. an operating system yeah. that did not have built-in multitasking, and you were, music yeah. was expected to play normally without any stutters, without any skips. I mean, keep in mind that like in when, the background. when you're using Mac OS 9 and you open a menu, the OS would freeze. Right. You know, if you had something happening, it would stop. So, yeah, anyways. Right. So how do you make music continue to play yeah. in a format that the OS doesn't really help you read? And that was all Steve, of course. Right. But, yeah. I mean, but yeah. it, it, I mean, it's a testament, you know, it, it's like existence proof that, that Steve and Frank is probably at least an okay programmer. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah. But Anyways, yeah. But it's yeah. A really, it was something you could really be proud of. Yeah. I mean, and it was a good app, and you had users who really loved it. Yeah. And you'd done something extraordinarily clever, and all of a sudden, 
you know, it was yeah. over. I mean, yeah. you know. And I mean, it was a slow over, but we recognized it very early on. Well, all right, yeah. And I mean, we could, have, we could have kept going forever, right? We could have, we could be selling Audion today, but I think the sales would have dwindled so low, you know, then the support cost and the development cost and all that stuff wouldn't have balanced out, which is a bummer because we still get emails from people that are like, I wish this program was still maintained. And can you make a universal binary of it? And we can't really because it's, you know, Code Warrior and all that stuff. But Right. Yeah. Software sort of a weird art to get into because if you made if you make films, you make a movie and there's great stories to be told and it's hard and production's a mess and blah blah mm. blah. But then you finish it and you edit and you release it and then your movie's right. over. Unless you're George Lucas and that then, you, <laughs> then yeah. you keep coming back and touching it up. But for the most part, you're done, you move over. But where software, yeah. you know, successful software yeah. and Audion was successful software, you'd sort of it's like a relationship. It's you, totally you go true. Forward. And it doesn't really and, and sometimes I do wish that, I mean, it would be great if you could release, you know, Transit 1.0 and you're done, you know. But at the same time, I mean, Transit 2.0, it is kind of like doing it again, you know, and doing it differently and learning from it. I mean, I don't know. It's weird that you, and video games are the same way, right? You make a video game and it's done and it's out. I guess unless it's on the Xbox, because then you have to patch it a number of times. Like Saints Row, But, um, yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. But uh, it's, it's fun, I mean. Doing these major updates, it we do so many changes between major updates, and it's nice being a company that's not feeling this need to have a major update on a schedule like some companies are. You know, every six months, if we don't have a major update out, we go under or right. whatever. You know, so we can take the time to rewrite it from scratch or whatever. But yeah, it's a weird business. It's a weird business. So- one of the things you did, a big .o release, I forget which exact version number mm. it was, though, but what you guys did with Transmit for yeah. Mac OS X yeah, yeah, was yeah. rewrite it. That was huge. For, for, for Coco. I yeah. mean, you really did yeah. take all the source code. Yeah. That was, and, and Transmit 2, and, and, and Mac OS X had just come out, and we knew that there was no, we had done a bad carbon port, and you could tell, you know, it didn't mm. feel like a Mac OS X application. It was really kind of hanky, and we knew that we just had to rewrite it. Steve sort of did a test rewrite, and, we, you know, everybody jumped on it. And uh, what's interesting about that was the sales of Transmit, I mean, there's been, like, some, some points where Transmit sales jump and then sort of stay. And that was the first time we noticed that. It's like Transmit always sold well, enough for three or four of us to pay our salaries, and that's mainly what we care about, you know. And then Transmit 2 came out, and it sort of reached this next level. And it was like, well, people really... People really wanted a Mac OS X FTP client that felt like Mac OS X. I mean, it was the right time. It was the right change. And so that was kind of an important lesson for us to learn. Yeah. But that was a, it was a huge task. Man. Yeah. But, I mean, it paid off for you guys. I mean, clearly... Definitely. Clearly, I mean, and part of it is that it's sort of a self-selecting audience, I think, where the people who are most drawn to transmit mm. are, you know, it's very, very strong in the web design community. Right. You yeah. know, and, and the aesthetics of it, they matter. I mean, then people like the way transmit feels. You know, right. it's not about functionality. Right. Or, or functionality matters, but, you know. And that's nice. And, and you know, we hear from people who, you know, when they have to use a Windows machine, they really miss Transmit, which is great. And then every now and then we get a request for a Linux version of Transmit, which is confusing. Because I'm not sure how you make money in Linux. So, yet, one thing that I think is an interesting sort of juxtaposition is that with Audion, uh, part of the whole shtick was that it had these skins. Yeah. And again, another thing that is like, you know, no big deal now in Mac OS X with Quartz. Yeah. But, you know, it had alpha channels. Right. The windows were totally irregular shapes. It had right. transparency. Right. Which was, you know, had to be a, a filthy hack. I was, you don't even want to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I don't, I don't, 
I've scrubbed that part <laughs> of my life from my memory entirely. But, yeah. you know, it was... But it worked, the, kind of. And, yeah. and I, you know, I'm not just saying it because I've invited you up here. I thought of all... It was sort of like a, sort of like a thing among MPEG-3 playing apps was that they, you did skins. Winamp right. had skins, right. and, and Soundjam had skins. and But Audion skins were, like, right. really, really good. I mean, they really set the bar. Yeah. And it was interesting to do that stuff and see that, I mean, and people got really excited about it. So these amazing guys would create these amazing skins, like, beyond anything I could have imagined, you know? And having that community was pretty impressive. Um, but obviously the whole skins thing is kind of gone now for us, you know? Right. Yeah. And, well, it, and then on the other hand, you guys have Transmit and, yeah. you know, your, your Unison, your, yep. your, your news client, are very much, like, quintessential. Yeah. The macOS 10 Aqua user interface guidelines yeah. app, you know, like totally modern, but like totally like, there's like two ways to do really good Mac interface design. There's like the, wow, that really knocks my hat off. Holy crap, look at that, like time machine. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the sort of very humble, like, people will say, hey, that's nice, that's very smooth. But it's like yeah. never going to impress them, and you have right. to be sort of humble to do that. And, and you've got... So you yeah. guys like went right from one to the other. You guys had yeah. like the absolutely most amazing, like totally creative right. skins, and then your other apps were very, very much like this is just straight down the line how things ought to be according to the the human interface guide. And what's interesting now is that we're kind of coming to this new reality where we think that like maybe the right place to be is in the middle, like. Because Apple obviously is going towards the Flash now, right? Stuff is getting kind of crazy with Time Machine and core animation. And there's a lot that you can do there. At the same time, I worry that it's going to be all crazy, you know? You don't right. want stuff flying all over the place all the time. But, um, you know, even in Apple's own apps, to be straight HIG, human interface guidelines, almost looks a little antiquated now, you know? Right. Which is interesting. So we're really... The human interface guidelines basically don't exist anymore, and I'm sure you know right. all too well about this. And it's and it's weird to sort of have to feel it out as you go, and that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're what is the balance of where can we be cool without being annoying, and where can we be hig, and what's you know? It's just a strange thing. It's really right, just like, going from the gut. Right, yeah. like the the currently shipping version of Transit. Right, tran Transmit. Now I'm back to calling <laughs> it Transit style. Good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are certain aspects of it that now look a little dated. Like, it yeah. has borders on the side. Yeah, real thick borders. Right, yeah, real totally. thick borders. It's due for a redesign. Which yeah. is, like, by the HIG, like, the right yeah. thing to do, yeah. but, like... In Macland. Right, not but so, much so it's sort of, you know, it's sort of gotten into this thing where you kind of can't expect something to really hold up three years later. Yeah, it's true. You have to just keep evolving. And that's very yeah. new from like a decade ago yeah. where like there was sort of an expectation where if you laid your app out right, but, you know, that you were done. If you think about it though, our FTP competition was black and white, right? right. So maybe it's always been a problem, but yeah. So we got, uh, you want to do some QA? We yeah, we are, we're, I guess we're about done. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they can make me, let me go over, but do you, you guys want to do Q&A? Do you have any questions or anything? Yeah. Please. All right. Uh, I guess I'll repeat them, but uh, Mr. Bomb, can you, can you summarize that? Well, just where do you think the future of interface is going now that you have this touch screen? Uh, I mean, it's hard to guess. Like I said earlier, like it would be interesting if it was on other devices. It would be interesting if there's a small power book or a small iBook right. with a keyboard and with or whatever. Um, the click wheel was a huge deal. I mean, that was an amazing idea. And I think this will be as well. And I... 
what will be interesting to see if anybody else tries to copy it and copy it poorly, which I'm certain will happen. Um, but they've got the patent there. I mean, in the Mac space, I think they'll probably take it slow. I think it'll only be on the iPhone for a while. Um, if it's something, I mean, as a UI designer, I'm very excited about it. I would love to do stuff for it. That's one of the reasons why I'd love to make iPhone apps. I don't know if we can or not. Right. But uh, I, I think it... I mean, it is kind of a revolution in touch interfaces, that's for sure. Yeah, no and I think, you know, I don't, I think one thing that is going to reignite, you know, it's always been simmering, is the idea of a, a tablet computer. Right. I mean, clearly yeah. people are, you know, who want, those people who think Apple should do a ta- another tablet computer, uh, you know, the iPhone touchscreen interface is only going to make them so, say, well, there it is, just imagine it bigger. Yeah. You know. That's totally true. Um, yeah. You know, the one thing that, looking at the actual iPhone over in the Apple booth that amazed me the most is the resolution of the screen. Yeah. I mean, 166 pickles, pixels per inch doesn't sound like pickles per inch. That sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is, oh. Sign me up. <laughs> From this day forward. 166 <laughs> pixels per inch doesn't yeah. sound like that much more than the, like, I think it's around, like, 116, 120 of most of Apple's displays. But it is. Mm. It, Interesting. It, it yeah, is. It and you look at it in person, intense. like tiny text on the screen is quite legible. And yeah. what would be generally considered pretty small text is razor sharp. I mean, well, I'm totally ready for this high DPI thing. Like, right. I, I think I mentioned it recently on my blog, but I'm really excited by the concept. I don't know why it's kind of fun for me to have to draw stuff multiple times. Right. <laughs> you know, but uh, the idea that you can have something small or even something big that looks, you know, twice as detailed as what you have now. I think it's going to be awesome. So the sooner that happens, the better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so I I think there's two... I do think there's two things about the the iPhone screen that that move the whole... You know, everything forward. It's not just the touch thing. The resolution, Mm. seeing it in person, it... it, I mean, it's... It is something. I mean, it really is. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, any uh, other questions? Yeah. He's basically just saying that the iPhone is essentially a tablet computer, a, a very small one, right? But it is basically a tablet computer. I mean, it's running a full OS. Well, it, but I don't think it's going to make... Or is it a full OS? Well, a stripped down Right. It's not going to make happy, though, like, like, you know, I don't know. I personally don't see the appeal of a tablet computer, so I'm just the wrong person to, yeah. to say it. But I know one thing, one group of people who want it are, like, artist-type people who want to just use it like a... The screen itself is like the Wacom tablet, and yeah. they can just draw on it. You know, I want to carry this thing around. It's like having a sketchbook you can take with you. You can't. You're obviously not going to do drawings on your iPhone. Uh, but it, you know, it is. You're right. I mean, yeah. that's why I think it's going to reignite the idea that Apple is, you know, a future yeah. product in this line. You know, unlike iPods, which have always just gotten smaller and smaller, yeah. it's going to ignite this fervor that maybe they're going to take this touchscreen technology yeah, and go bigger. Yeah, that would be interesting. Take it to a more tablet right. size, yeah. Uh, that guy. Uh, wait, which guy? In the, uh, yeah. All right, right there, Batman. So his point was that uh, you know you can always do you can currently do gestures on the trackpad on the PowerBook. You can do two finger scrolling or two finger right clicking, right? Something right. like that. Yeah. So do we really need to wait for a touch screen? The the the, the, the thing that excites me about. The connection between your finger and the interface, I think that's what, I mean, that's the future, right? That's like minority report, like, right. that's crazy, and it's, and it, and it's where things are headed. So, I, it is cool, I mean, I, I use that stuff all the time on the laptop, but to, to literally directly connect what you're doing with the interface, I mean, that's, 
That's intense stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think, you know, I'll go back to the pinch, you know. Like, it kind yeah. of felt like while I was watching Jobs pinch a photo and zoom it, it felt like he was pinching my brain and <laughs> and expanding it. Like, whoa, you know. I mean, that really seemed like a moment, you wow. know. So I do think, I think it does have to, I think there's some kind of factor where you're actually touching the pixels and, and yeah. manipulating. I think, yeah, it builds that connection right. so directly. Yeah. And I mean, do you think that, like, we talk about grandma double-clicking. <laughs> do you think that the old grandma double-click effect, do you think that this is something that, like, okay, look at the Nintendo Wii, right? That's a system that right. anybody can use. Anybody can play tennis or bowling on the Nintendo Wii. It's not 4,900 buttons. Right. So, I mean, could this system, I mean, would it pass the grandma test? I'm going to say no. Really? Yeah, I think mm. so. Too many... Yeah, too much. Too much yeah. on screen. I mean, have you seen if the you phone... you put cat pictures on have you the seen... phone, would that do it? Have you seen the phone that they sell just for old people? <laughs> There's such a thing? Yeah, I forget the name of it. I mean, maybe somebody can toss out the name, but I saw it I, on a plane ride out. I got the, the New York Times. huge buttons? Is that the... It's, yeah. It's this flip phone from Samsung, but it's <laughs> sold by this service. It, it was a full-page ad in the New York Times book review. I think it says something about the demographics of that section. <laughs> uh, but it's a cell phone that only has a talk and hang up button and then big zero through nine buttons. Hmm. And they say you even, when you sign up for it, you tell them the names and phone numbers of everyone you know. And then when they ship it to you, it comes with them in it. Uh, That's intense. It has no, like, yeah. up-down controller thing. Wow. Uh, it's just like a list of like up to ten numbers, and it's totally, totally like the way they've written. Without ever actually using the words old, it is, <laughs> you're an old person who's afraid of a cell phone, and, and we're going to sell to you. And it, I don't know. And, and it's also at this exorbitant rate where it's, it's, a, it's $19 a month for zero minutes. Oh. And like now, or maybe $10 a month for zero minutes and $19 a month for like 30 minutes. Was there a photo of like a burglar right. breaking in a house? Well, the idea, the, the zero, the zero minute plan, and you play like I don't know, thirty five cents a minute or something. Like that. The zero minute plan was they called it. Uh, it, it, it one of the bullet points was free nine one one. What more do you need? Uh, what was the question? Yeah, just that. I mean. And that's the that, that's his point, right? You're making a device that doesn't have physical buttons, so you can change that in the future. Right. You can do Grandma Edition, and all of a sudden the buttons are huge, and there's cats. And I think that would be that could be that's what's awesome about it. It's totally flexible. This yeah. guy right here in the front row has been waiting. Uh, is there a police officer in the building? This guy ripped some DVDs here. He's confessing in front of us right now. <laughs> Hang on one second. You're, so. so more you, or less what he's saying is, okay. is he's yeah. already ripped a bunch of his DVDs to a computer, and right. it, it's sort of a post-buying yeah. a television and a cable company. Right. Right. So, I, I yeah. yeah. Right. And a lot of people have used a Mac Mini to do that. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, for the, for the people who buy stuff, and they want to rip it, and they want to stream it, and then they have their whole collection right there, and they don't have to swap discs, and they can do all that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, th I mean, that's definitely a use for it. No yeah. question about it. I mean, it concerns me, certainly, like the future of DVD media and stuff, and with Blu-ray and all this jibber-jabber, it's going to be harder and harder to rip your DVDs, right? And uh, I don't know. That right. I mean, me the, the truth is, it's not right. Not, you know, not like in the legal sense, but in the, the way things ought to be sense, that it doesn't work just like CDs and... You yeah, know, totally. here's all my CDs That's that ridiculous. I bought all my life. I put them into iTunes and it rips them. Yeah. And then I, you know, they're the music I already bought and now I have them on MP3. It ought to be like that with DVDs. I mean, there's no doubt about it, but it isn't. I mean, and there's yeah. nothing we can do I about totally it. I totally agree. 
Uh, you want to pick? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, get, uh, 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 over here. The red. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the future of the iPod? Are they going to put an end to the well, click wheel? Oh, I think. Well, I think clearly one of the big gaping holes that's left in Apple's, you know, overall product lineup after today is everybody had this idea, you know, this this touchscreen iPod that would play movies and would rotate and take the whole screen and you touch it, and everybody thought it would be the hard drive based one that that has 80 gigabytes or 100 gigabytes and you can put all these movies on it. So I think, you know, and it's not. It's an 8-gigabyte. Well, you know, yeah. and, and the, the 499-1 is only 4 gigabytes. Well, those movies you download from iTunes Store are about around, about a gigabyte each. So you're not going to be able to put a lot of movies on this thing uh, with only with only flash memory. So I yeah. think there's clearly going yeah. to be something that uses the screen. In, uh, in an iPod. In an iPod centric. with a hard drive. Yeah, So I that, you, you know, for people who watch video. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what are they going to do about the screen? I mean, is it does it mean that this iPod will run this same like whole OS yeah. thing? I don't think so because I think the whole OS thing is predicated on so much networking yeah. and cell phone stuff, multitasking. Right. And, yeah. I mean, so, it is a widescreen iPod, but is it the right. widescreen iPod? I'm right. not sure. So yeah. it might be the same. Sc- I'm guessing maybe the same screen and maybe a click wheel, you know, or yeah. a virtual click wheel, or even still the touch screen. Maybe. Or yeah. yeah. They can, uh, anyways, putting an accelerometer. Now, so what are the what do they now? They're using it for orientation, right? On the iPhone, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's a good use of that technology. It would be a good sure. good version of Marble Madness. Oh yeah, just right? tilt it and see if we could develop apps right. for it. I'd be all over that. Yeah. Have you have you ever thought about writing? You you love video yeah, games. Sure. Have you ever Huge thought game. about doing a game? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. But it seems like game development. I mean, we, obviously, we couldn't make like a big 3D. I mean, we have to hire a billion artists right. and a billion, you know. I mean, it, it seems out of the reach unless it's, like, pixelated and simple. I mean, that's why I was kind of excited about the iPod games at first, but then that's been a mystery zone, right? I mean, right. I don't even know how you develop an iPod game if you want to. So. I, I think you go apply for one of those terrible jobs at Electronic Arts where you work yeah. 100 hours a week. Yeah, yeah probably. But, uh, yeah, we've definitely thought about it. It would be really fun to do. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. It, it probably would be. I mean, it would... You know, I mean, I think you've got to. I mean, clearly, there's no button. You know, there's one button on it. You know, I mean, so if they do have games, it's not going to be buttony games. You know, <laughs> you know, do the games, let the game be natural for the device that it's on. And I totally. think, you know, if if that's how the accelerometer works, if it can register things like that, I mean, some kind of game that you, you know, yeah, that'd be awesome. Although I, I can't think of anything other than Marble Madness. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the only thing I can think of. You can do Pac-Man where you have to like... Tilt Pac-Man? Right. Very frustrating. Gravity game. Man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the ghost slide with it. All right, next question. Or, or, I think it'll let me just run long. Do you guys... I mean, should we just keep going or... Nobody's... Yeah. They... <laughs> We're camping out. Is the show still open? <laughs> can I talk about my website? Please. Is the question. Ah... Uh, How's everything going? <laughs> it's going going well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's I'm, I I don't know what to say about it. I mean, uh, how many death threats? <laughs> I don't think any. I mean, you know, I I don't know. All right, I don't have comments. All right, uh, that's an interesting that's an interesting comment. I I started Daring Fireball in 2002, and and at the time it was you know, movable type. I think was only like a a year old or less than a year old I mean and I'd been tinkering with it you know it took me like nine months to launch it it took me a very long time to design it which everybody thinks is very funny because they think you know well there's nothing there it's just gray with one column of text and I'm like no that, that, that took me about eight months uh, it, it, it took me six months to pick the shade of gray that's or not six months six weeks I, I shouldn't exaggerate it took me six weeks to pick the shade of gray and what I did is I I'd keep 
keep making a list of three shades of gray. And then I would go, I had a list of computers. I, I had, I was doing some consulting work at a company, I had PCs, and I'd, I'd go and look at it on PC screens and go like, eh, all right, this one, my monitor, uh, my girlfriend's monitor, you know, and be like, all right, this one seems to be the best one for all three. But then, you know, yeah. now, four years later, I don't have to worry about the background color. I've got that set. It's like, it's like Woody Allen with his credits in his movies, where every movie he makes uses the same credits and the exact same typeface. My guess is at some point, like 1967, he spent, like, three months, like, picking a typeface, and now he's, he's set. Uh, but one of the complaints I used to get all the time back in 2002 and 2003 is uh, you don't have comments on your website. You don't have comments on your website. You know, your site is not really a blog because it doesn't have comments. And I would just email them back and say, okay, it's not a blog. And then, you know, and that was it. You know, John, thanks. You know, and, and you know. Why doesn't it have comments? It doesn't have comments, you know, and, and the accusation, whenever I write something that calls somebody a jackass or, or you know, is, is rather harsh to somebody, and, and if they email me or something like that, I, I occasionally get accusations that I'm a coward, I'm afraid of having comments, uh, you know, and it's like, well, I mean, it's not like me not having comments keeps you from calling me a jackass. I mean, you know, there's, there's a whole Internet out there. Uh, it's not about being afraid of criticism or, or being reluctant about it or, or having any pushback on I mean, I read, you know, the ones when I go through my refers and pick people who are, I, I'm more likely to read an article where the URL seems to be saying that I'm wrong, you know. It's, the basic idea is that I wanted to write a site where every, somebody who it was meant for, and the, the, the reader I write it for is, is a second version of me who never quite got off the, you know, I should do a weblog. You know, which is what I've been doing up until 2002 for a, quite a long time. I was thinking, I, sh I should write a weblog. I really should. And so I have this version of me who still now is saying, God damn, I should write a weblog. I could be like that Gruber jackass, you know. Uh, and I'm writing for him. He's uh, interested in the exact same things I'm interested in. He reads the other same websites I read, you know. And my thought is I'm writing for him, and I want him to like this website so much that he reads it from the top to the bottom, and he reads everything I write, and he reads every word of it, and he goes through the menu, and he and it, every single word. I mean, the copyright statement, the what software I use to use this, he's read it all, and that it's easy to see it all. It's easy to know how much of it there is, uh, and if I turn comments on, I that 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 goes away. I mean, when you read a site, and it's not that I don't like sites with comments, but when you read a site with comments, it automatically puts you, the reader, in a defensive mode, where you're saying, "What's good in this comment thread? What what can I skim?" And you're automatically in skimming mode, and you know, and it's totally egotistical. I mean, I want Daring Fireball to be a site that you can't skim if you're in the target audience for it. That it's a site when you say, "Oh, a new article from John," I. I got to read it, you know, and it's like, you know, your deadlines go whizzing by because you need to read what I wrote. I mean, that's what I want. And if I turn comments on, I feel like it's sort of like two different directions. It's like you re get to the end of my article and then all of a sudden you're like, let's see if anybody interesting, if I see any names I know. So, I mean, that's really it. It's sort of a sometimes a design decision is what you don't put in as opposed to what you put in. I mean, and that's that's more or less why there's no comments. Mm, I don't think so. Pinching I, I, versus squirting. squirting. Uh, does everybody know what the squirting? Does everybody know the squirting reference? Do, do, 
the, the squirting reference is that when Steve Ballmer, Microsoft CEO, was talking about the Zoom's, Zoom to Zoom Wi-Fi sharing capabilities, he, he described he, the verb he used was squirt, that you could, you know, two people with Zooms, you know, you could squirt a song to the other guy. And that, I mean, that's literally what he said. And, and it, you know, he just squirted over to him. And it's, you know, it, it's such a repulsive <laughs> verb. Why would you? Yeah, I don't think pinch. I think... I mean, I can see people trying to make fun of it, but there's no... Oh, you're seriously thinking about this. Hmm, right. Pinch versus squirt. You know, and I think it's Freudian, you know, you got to go back to, like, your, you know, Psych 101 and, like, your sort of Freudian, you know, the whole, yes. you know, everybody's yes. amused by bodily fluids sure. and right. stuff like that. Pinching, I, I just don't see that. I mean, the squirt thing is just a Freudian, like... I mean, it's just too yeah. close to... I don't know why. It's Balmer. Yeah, too <laughs> close to things that Macworld would probably be mad if I said up here. <laughs> I, you know. Well, we've gone over, right? Right. So yeah, matter. I don't know. Yeah, free for all. Yeah. All right, next question. If any. If any. Not required. Uh, we got a guy with the glasses back there. It's <laughs> kind of a good point. Yeah, he's making the point that, you know, thinking five years ahead, right. uh, Apple's trying to think five years ahead, and Comcast certainly is thinking ahead every month with their right, right. price so, increases. Yeah, so and then yeah. maybe another way of restating is that you're saying that ITV is is like a more long a strategic idea yeah. that as the as what comes into your house through the internet yeah. becomes more and more of the media, you know, your 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 video that it's about getting themselves in position so that when it's feasible to say, I don't even yeah. want to pay a cable bill anymore, yeah. that they've already got this thing that's like the I, or Apple TV 3.0. Well, it's a really interesting thing because, you know, he brings that up, and I, I think of, I still think of me getting TV for free. Right. My TV is far from free, right. you know? But it's like something about TV. It's like, oh, this is my free TV. Right. My wife right pays now. the bills usually, and, and it's like... Uh, when when she had our son a couple years ago, and I took over paying the bill, you know, just like you know, I'll help around the house, I'll, I'll pay the bills, you know, while you do everything else. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, I remember, I really, I mean, it was like I felt like it was like one of those first instances where I realized I'm, you know, yes, I am turning into my father. I'm turning into a crotchety old man. I was like, we are going to cancel our cable. <laughs> I, I mean, we, I pay like I don't, I pay like a hundred and thirty dollars yeah. a month, and it's just yeah, internet with, and TV. with the internet, right? Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I yeah. mean, I'm paying over a thousand dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so the question is, if you canceled the TV part, how many shows could you buy? Right, right, for the same price. And if the show price goes down, yeah. Anyways, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah, 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 yeah. Just a few shows, and yeah, totally. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really good point. Yeah, I should try it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, back there standing. See, here's my theory on that. All right, I think it's about the question is about what, oh, yeah. what do we think about them changing the name from Apple Computer right. Incorporated to, to Apple Inc. Apple Inc., which is much better, I right. think, um, as a name. I think it relates to a Beatles settlement that we haven't heard about right. yet. Right, right, and, and, and you know the Beatles song during the thing. I well, think and, they, that, and there were a lot of screenshots of Beatles right. albums. I don't know if you got it because uh, you were just bits and pieces. Right. But I think that finally they maybe reached the infamous settlement with Apple Music, and I'm sure that they were very specifically Apple Computer because of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, the, so the Beatles I'm, references seem to be very, you know, in the keynote. I, I, I have sort of, I said to, to the guy next to me, uh, uh, you know, wouldn't it be something if that was the, maybe that's one more thing is yeah. a Beatles deal yeah. and Paul McCartney comes out and plays yeah. the song again. I mean, no offense to John John Mayer, but I mean, you know, Paul McCartney is yeah. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. I mean, yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. I I wouldn't read much into it. Somebody else I, I spoke to today sort of said, and it wasn't him saying it, but he said, you know, don't you think some people are going to say 
this is just a sign that yeah. Apple is sort of getting away from the Mac that, you know, well, that... And it's still always painful for, for me when I'm at the mall and I hear somebody pass by the Apple store and go, oh, look, there's an iPod store yeah, here. the it's iPod like, store. Oh, come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, it's I've heard that so many nuts. times. Yeah, it's literally the iPod yeah. store for people. Yeah. Uh... Maybe but I be, don't think so. I yeah. think, yeah, I think it, it, it. I think the only, yeah, you're saying the only reason it hasn't happened before is right. that they felt like they couldn't. I, I bet Steve probably has hated the computer in there for a long time, right? Because it's kind of clumsy, you know, Apple Computer Inc. Right. And it's and they're obviously not just computers, but not necessarily in a bad way. It's right. not like and they're in, making toasters or ways, washing machines, you know. In, in very, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I said my idea was my idea. Uh, talking to somebody earlier this week when they were trying to get me to say what do I think they're going to do is uh, uh, an Apple car. Yeah. And he's oh, I'd buy that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah, it'll have one button. <laughs> Start. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, branding-wise, I mean, they've clearly, they've actually sort of moved away from the word Apple, really, as, as a yeah. series of letters. I mean, they've really gone heavy with just the, the logo, just the logo mark. Well, I mean, the, so, the stores just yeah. say, the stores just have an Apple logo, so. And even the webpage for the iPhone, it is Apple logo iPhone. It's right. not just iPhone, you know. Those right. two things are very connected, so. And uh, uh, Apple TV. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. just Apple logo TV. I have no idea how I'm supposed to spell it. <laughs> Intercaps. Right. Well, I could do yeah. the option. Or somebody tell me what it is. Shift. Option whatever to type an Apple logo. Shift option K. So I, I'm not going to, though. <laughs> no. I, I actually have very, I could go on a rant about that. I have very strong feelings about company names that abuse punctuation marks. This is in my, you know, I should, what I should do, people often say, you know, do you have any more ideas for making more money from Daring Fireball? How are you doing? You know, is, is it all right? You know, are you really supporting yourself on it? And it's like, yeah, it was. Oh, I don't want to talk about it, but uh, I'm doing all right. But you know, one of the ideas I could have that maybe I'd make money is to let pay, let people pay to read my half-written fireball pile, which is like I seriously, it's like 167 notes in Yojimbo that have like fireball articles that are somewhere between like a third and and half written. Uh, you know, some of them are like amusingly out of date, I'm sure. But uh, but one of them, you know, I, I would love to get to sometime is about. Company names like Yahoo, you know, who wants to have an exclamation mark yeah. in in their in their uh, their name, and and you know, I don't use it. I mean, uh, you know, to me, their name is Yahoo. Their logo is the word Yahoo with an exclamation mark. You know, and my my example is, what if I started a company called Comma, and I spell it C O M M A, Comma, and imagine writing an article where you say, you know, and then I went to Comma. And then it's comma, you know, and then you go on. It's like, well, if you're allowed to use an exclamation mark, why aren't I allowed to use a comma, you know? And then at that point, you, you know, I, I would say, well, what about Unicode? Why, why is it limited to the ASCII? Why, why can't I yeah. change the name of Daring Fireball to Daring Fireball and then Unicode Circle with Star? Which is an actual sure. glyph in the Unicode I, character set, so that you'd be obligated if you're supposedly have to use the exclamation mark in Yahoo to spell it Daring Fireball with a yeah. star and a circle in front of it. I actually registered recyclingsymbol.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure how you tell anyone to go to that webpage. Oh, you read the actual yeah, glyph? Literally the, the glyph. And I think I also got like clouds. Can with we type rain that in and, and it'll work? And yeah, I don't know where it goes, but you can try it. And there was another one, like a not the snowman. Someone else got the snowman. Snowman.net might be mine. 
Yeah, so look for my website, Snowman Picture <laughs> from the Unicode I Character Palette I, net. I did not yeah. know that Unicode characters were valid in you URLs. Can do it. That is I might have to register Daring Fireball. <laughs> oh that somebody's out there already got it put up a porno page. Uh we should probably. Yeah, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. We could t- they told me this thing was going to be recorded, but there—I mean, there's obviously nobody here supervising us. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What should we do? Should we go? Should we take one more uh, question? Okay, one more question. One more question. Anything? Anything? Is it a good question? Good. It's the last question. There's a lot of pressure on you. It doesn't. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, uh, what so, do we think about the yeah, top secret? Yeah, so Steve secret? Jobs, obviously, when he introduced Leopard, he said, and there's going to be more secret top secret features yet to come. And there's many conspiracy theories about this, right? Some people say there's no such thing, that it was just sort of a Vista uh, play. Um, I mean, we won't know, right, until a few... I, I, they've got to do some kind of leopard thing in the next few months, right? I mean, we right. don't know the date yet. We don't know. We haven't seen the eye life like we talked about earlier. Right. Like, there's something leopard has to happen. So maybe something will show up there. I'm not personally expecting anything huge. I know a lot of people have their hopes pinned on a new finder, and I don't think that's going to uh, happen. I, I've given up all hope on a new They're finder. They're still fixing I, I, bugs for me in the I finder. The you know? new, I, I think, I mean, I wrote about it. I mean, you know, I, I thought it was going to happen today. I think it's a new skin for the OS, you know, that, mm, yeah, that me too. something to I'm replace all fully suspecting. Right. And, yeah. I, you know, I think what you see in, in the iPhone, I, I think it's probably as good a hint as any as what it's going to look like. I was happy to see that the iPhone UI wasn't totally different. No, I mean, It was no. definitely cut from the same no, cloth. It's not like going from the platinum theme in classic right, right. to iPhone. Aqua. Right. You know, it is more of a refinement. It is not going to be jarring like that. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, you know, but there's nothing on the iPhone UI that is candy colored. You know, those those yeah. bright primary shines, red, everywhere. yellow, green yeah. of the window buttons, yeah, yeah, the, totally. the blue of the OK button, and the, and the scroll bar. Did I you mean, see the scroll bars? No, I haven't. The scroll bars on the iPhone are uh, the closest thing I can say is that they're old school Palm Pilot ish. I mean, it's just a very thin gray yeah, line. Cool. And they apparently, at least from what I could see watching the demos and paying attention, is they always disappear. Hmm. Even like in, in Safari or uh, any other app where you would do scrolling. So you don't get – one thing you lose is the scroll bar as an indication of where, oh, where you, you currently are, are yeah, interesting. and how much of it is visible in the, the Do you current, use yeah. that often, I wonder? I'm like, I, I, I've never thought about it until just now. Like how often am I like, where am I in this page? Right. Well, you know? where it's what it solves is on that small screen is you really do need those extra pixels yeah, for width. I definitely. mean, if you're, you know, you're, 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 you're hemmed in for width – and it also solves the problem of it coming in and going out, depending on right. whether, like, you go to, like, your contact where I've all I've got is your email address and your phone. Right. And then I go to somebody else's contact, and I've got, like, six of their phones and four email addresses. And then I get the, the scroll bar comes in and out. You only get it when you move your, your oh, finger cool. over there. Yeah. Yeah, I would but def- it's not, you know, it's completely I, opposite the scroll yeah. bars in Aqua, which are these candy-colored Super things strong. with a pattern behind them. It's just a very like it's that's old. gonna go the the the, can, the lookable yeah. candies go. I mean, well, it's all to, gone in the iPhone. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, it's, it's yeah. and even in in iApps to a degree too. I mean, that's yeah. just been reduced right. and reduced and reduced. Right. Yeah. So I would say certainly new UI. I'm not so sure. I don't think new Finder, but who knows? Yeah, I think a new um, I think a new UI. And like I said, I I'm not. You know, I'm not yeah. the type of person who could come up with exactly what it would look like, but I would say look at like iTunes Seven yeah, and yeah. look at iPhone, and sort of draw some conclusions from there about like the use of gray, the use of like a slate blue, yeah, uh, 
color. You know, but that's what I—that's what I think the the secret feature is. And is I hope they is, talk about that stuff soon. Yeah. I'm dying to know. Yeah, and I think yeah. and I think it will include things like special effects. You know, like what the genie effect was yeah. to Mac OS 10.0, yeah. which was like, wow. You know, now when my window goes down, there, it, it does this thing, which by today's standards, you know, whether you use a Mac or not, is not really impressive. I think they're going to put stuff in. That is like wow! Look what your window does. I don't know what it is, yeah, you know, maybe. but I think it's going to be stuff like that, and that's why they didn't have to tell developers about it because it's not like it's an API for developers yeah. to use. It's the system gives you this. You know, like developers don't have to do anything to support Genie. Well, and that's uh, the same thing with uh, high DPI UI. Right. I mean, uh, developers obviously their internal contents right. they're responsible for, but all the window borders, all that stuff. I mean, they're ready to do some yeah. amazing stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Good yeah. last question. All right. All right. That's it. I Thanks, guess. everybody. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap up, a word from our sponsor. What do Mac small business owners want from their business management and accounting software? NYOB knows they want the same features that their Windows-using counterparts do. That's why their premium small business management and accounting software for the Mac, Account Edge, offers fully integrated payroll, multi-user access, and credit card processing, same as their Windows version. Because sometimes we don't think that differently. To learn how MYOB can help your small business, visit myob-us.com. MYOB, mind your own business, smarter. And that's it for this edition of the Macworld Podcast, live from the show floor of Macworld Expo. I'd like to thank John Gruper, the host of Daring Fireball Live, and his guest, Cable Sasser. Uh, and just to give you some idea of what else we've got in store for you in the coming weeks, we've got a, uh, a Best of Mac OS X Hints with Rob Griffiths. We've got a Best of Mac Gems featuring both Rob Griffiths and Dan Frakes. The Game Room iPod gear, troubleshooting, lots of other stuff. So hopefully uh, in the next month or so, you'll be getting some really good audio content from Macworld's booth at the Macworld Expo trade show, in addition to the regular great content you get from the Macworld podcast. As always, find our podcast at macworld.com slash podcast, and you can always email us at podcast at macworld.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 